The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back in Tuland, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Vison Sports Network's Danny Burke with us at Danny Burke Fives, where you follow him on Twitter. He's been affectionately known as the Pride of Chicago for years on this show, and we welcome in Danny. Danny, big slate of NFL, and, uh, well, the home state uh, squad is here in Lincoln. You're a Chicago guy just down the road, way down the road. Champaign, uh, Illinois invades this weekend. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, Schmitty. I'll be doing a lot better if Nebraska can play a clean game against the Fighting Illini because it seems like, uh, I don't know how many years it's been, but, I, you know, the Illini just uh, have always played Nebraska pretty well, to say the least. And Brett Bielema's got his squad looking okay, Schmitty. Danny, uh, but before we dive into this game too much, the last time Nebraska won a game against a ranked opponent was at home against Oregon back in 2016. Oh, yeah. I, was, I was a senior in high school. What were you doing at the time? I was so I was Dodging my phone calls. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. I was. I think that was my junior year in like what was it, 2016, maybe somewhere around there. And I, I just remember that. And like Nebraska was undefeated going into, it and Tommy Armstrong was literally carrying the team on his back, and it was an incredible win. But I think everybody deep down knew that Nebraska wasn't that good of a team because what they got ranked like top 10 after that we're like eh, that's probably not how it should be and then what they got walloped by ohio state and uh yeah then it all went downhill from there <laughs> they to, to nebraska's credit they were number six in the country and barely lost in overtime at wisconsin that's what I'm, okay then, there you go then you the go. then the uh the uh the nuke uh, fest the, the following <laughs> week at ohio state where we thought right. tommy tommy armstrong may have been knocked out for good yeah, that's, that sounds more about right. Daddy Burke with us. Uh, let's dive into Nebraska, Illinois. Minus seven and a half, eight in some spots, over under at 50. How are you diagnosing this? Are you uh, uh, betting your money? Or are you betting someone else's money? Are you touching this one? <laughs> well, I guess if I was betting someone else's money with no repercussions, I would, of course, be more enticed uh, <laughs> to get involved here. Um, look, I've seen some sharp people take the points with Nebraska. I've also seen some of the sharp money naturally go toward Illinois because this thing did open as low as six, and like you said, Schmidt, he reached eight. But now you're kind of seeing some buyback on the Huskers. I even see a flat seven out in Las Vegas uh, at South Point, which is one of the casinos uh, our VEASAN studios are located in. 
So that's kind of interesting if you did want to jump back in on Illinois. Um, total open 52. That's moved down to 50 and a half. I've even seen a 49 and a half. So 49 and a half to 50 and a half is the range of the total. I, I get the love going to the under thinking that Illinois can limit Nebraska's offense and that conversely, Illinois just doesn't have the most dominant offense and their main source of offense comes from Brown who can run the hell out of the ball. So that will take time off the clock, but I'm really not too interested in taking a total here. Man, I mean, here's the thing, and, and just like when they played Purdue, like giving Nebraska this many points is still tempting. Do we think they're going to win the game? Maybe not, probably not. I don't know. I, I have more confidence in them against Illinois than I did Purdue, but Nebraska catching about two touchdowns against the Boilermakers seemed absurd, and of course they ended up covering. I think the same situation is going to occur at Memorial Stadium with Nebraska hosting Illinois because, again, I mean, both of these teams had a bye week. And, you know, say what you want about Mickey Joseph. The big difference here is that the guys are fighting more so. I don't think head coaching-wise Joseph is made out for the gig. He, he's got a lot of work to do with his time management and what to do in situational spots. But, again, he was thrown into a tough environment. But catching over a touchdown with his time to prepare and with how hot Illinois has been, I think, bodes well for Nebraska. You know what a lot of sharp betters like to do, especially in the NFL? If a team's really hot and going into the bye week, they usually like to fade them coming out because that slows their momentum. Conversely, a team that's struggling needs the bye week. They like to bet them afterward. It kind of fits the bill for this game. Illinois, a very hot team. Well, now that momentum has come to a halt a little bit. And for Nebraska, well, you know, yeah, they kept it close against Purdue and they beat Rutgers the week before, but now they have another reset with Mickey Joseph. So, again, if I'm getting over seven points, Schmitty, uh, I would probably lean toward taking it with the Huskers. But, again, this is if I'm betting someone else's money, not mine. I don't want to have to stress it out personally, but that's the angle I would approach. Dan, let's talk some NFL. Uh, an interesting slate of games this weekend. Let's start it off with Thursday night football tonight. The Buccaneers and the Ravens. The Bucks are a two-point home favorite despite just everything that's gone wrong for them this season. Yeah, and this number's gone all over the place. I mean, Tampa opened three. Then after they lost to, uh, you know, pretty much a CFL team in the Carolina Panthers, <laughs> and it flipped with the uh, Ravens going up to minus one and a half, and now it's flipped back. I know Clay has Campbell's out this game. Uh, Mark Andrews is questionable. I haven't seen his latest status. But I kind of get it. Like, it's a short week. It's tough for this Ravens team that has really played sloppy in the second half of every single game. They almost blew a double-digit lead once again last week against the Browns. Thankfully, they didn't because they held out for my bet uh, that I had with uh, Moneyline Parlay. But, look, I, I like this Ravens team a lot. It's just Obviously, there's something wrong in the second half. Clearly, there's something wrong in their secondary, which Tom Brady and his plethora of weapons should be able to expose despite their offense thinking as of late. Short week advantage goes to Tampa Bay. Uh, everybody doubted out on Tampa Bay. That usually goes to advantage of the team that's looked bad the last week, except Tampa Bay's looked bad the last several weeks and really the whole year. So I didn't do anything with the side. I, I kind of leaned toward the total going over. But what I ended up playing here, boys, is Lamar Jackson under his passing yards. 213.5 is what I bet to the under. Lamar's only averaging 17 completions on 28 attempts for 200 passing yards himself, 61% completion rate, 11 yards per completion, which is fine. But you're going up against what still is a good Bucks defense. I know everything's negative around Tampa, but their defense has been holding relatively strong. They rank six against the pass, according to DVOA. They're allowing opposing quarterbacks just 210 passing yards per game, 
9.1 yards for completion, 63% of the passes to be completed. So what I'm getting to is they're going against the Ravens offense that loves to run the ball. You love to have Lamar Jackson do RPOs, keep the ball himself. You want to wind down that clock and keep the big skin out of Tom Brady's hands. That's going to equal to Lamar Jackson maybe not having as big of a game in terms of the passing yardage, which we typically don't see from him anyways, right? I mean, you look at what happened, too, against P.J. Walker going on against the Bucs. I mean, Walker only completed 16 passes for a buck 77. They still managed to win the game with Chuba Hubbard and Dante Foreman. They can do the same exact recipe if you're Baltimore on a short week. Stack only threw for a buck 34. Marcus Mariota, mobile quarterback, 147. Really, the only big names who got over were Mahomes, Rodgers, and Winston, but they're throwing the ball over 35 times a game. So I have Lamar Jackson at about 18 of 30 for 180 yards in this game. So the fact that the prop market was giving me 213 and a half, I thought that was a viable bet to go under. He has stayed under that mark in five out of seven games. Really, the only time he cruised over was against a really bad Dolphins secondary where they scored 38 points at 318 yards. The only other time he went over was against New England, and he barely got over at 218. So uh, I think Lamar Jackson, under his passing yards prop, is the top play for tonight's game. Daddy, 30 seconds. Game you like most this weekend in the NFL. Uh, I got two for you really quick. I'll just talk about uh, I like the Patriots to bounce back against the Jets. I know the quarterback situation's all over the place, but the Jets clearly don't trust Zach Wilson. The Patriots still have a competent running offense, so I like New England. The Sharps like him, too. I took him on the money line. And then I like the 49ers to beat the Rams once again. They dominate them during the regular season. They've lost the last two games, which I think is going to bode well for them, needing a win against a weak Rams team despite them coming off a bye. It doesn't matter. Shanahan owns McVay in the regular season. Danny Burke, Visa and Sports Network. Danny, thanks for the time. You got it, fellas. Take care.